Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Hallelujah. Okay, so we want to continue. Um, I really don't know how long, but this is going to take some time. We're still dealing with the issue of uh, the 144,000. So our main text again is uh, Revelation 14. So can we quickly go there? Revelation 14, verse number one. Hallelujah. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood among Zion, and with him 144,000, having the Father's name written in the forehead. And there is something you've got to understand the last parts. The one who get there will be able to see it. Then it's written in their forehead, not on their forehead. Did you see that? Did you notice that? Have you seen it? The names are written where in, not on. Does that tell you anything? Amen. So we're talking about the nature, not, not calligraphic writing on the forehead. That's what people don't understand. So uh, when we start dealing with all of that, you see that. But the names are written in, not on. <laughs> it's like saying Christ in you the hope of glory amen okay so but we are still on the eighth part talking about Mount Zion and it's important we fully deal with that so um, part of what we intend to establish this evening like we did last week was to show the fact that Mount Zion they have the physical type and have the spiritual type and we said uh, David represented as it were like Christ in the physical type. Second Samuel 7, we said he had a uh, manzion which he conquered from the Jebutite and it was a fortress or a high place below, I mean above the mountain, I mean sorry, above uh, Jerusalem. Uh, we also established the fact that he reigns from that position, so manzion is a reigning position. Amen? Okay, so but now I want us to see that Zion today speak of the true church of God. Nothing to do with a physical man Zion in Jerusalem. Matter of fact, when people start believing that when Jesus is going to come a second time, you know, land on uh, the Mount Olive or whatever, won't let this prayer and there'll be a valley between them. Oh, I don't know what it means. Praise God. Okay, so, yeah, he's going to be talking about man Zion and tonight we want to look at the fact that man Zion speaks of the present church of Jesus Christ. It has nothing to do with what's going to come tomorrow. And so when the conviction or the teaching or the belief begin to emanate that, well, uh, the one for the 4,000 are going to be with Christ in Mount Zion as if it's going to be up in the sky from where it comes to rain, you begin to realize that it's completely nothing but deception, misunderstanding of spiritual truth. Praise God. Okay, so go with me to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22, 24. Hebrews 12, 24. And say, but you have come unto my Zion. Now, if you need to understand this um, a little bit better, go back to 20. 
Now he might say, for they could not endure that which was commanded. Now this is talking about Sinai. He's talking about when Moses was given the law. And the Bible says came, the Lord came in thundering and lightning. Is that okay? Right. For they could not endure that which was commanded, as if so much a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. The next thing says. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I ascended the fear and quake. You understand that? That's when the law was given. The lightning and the thundering, all of those things on the mountain. Fear gripped the people. Now, this is where in Revelation, Romans 8, you'll be able to read, God have not given all the spirit of fear. Did you get it? Kevin, are you there with me? Right. But of love and of sound mind. God have not given all the spirit of fear, but of love and sound mind. And uh, because the children of Israel were afraid, they were no longer like, as it were, children, they were more or less slaves. In about, we got another spirit with the spirit of sonship. But anyway, let's progress. So here he's dealing with my Sinai. And then the next verse, which is verse 22, now says, But here I come. So we're talking about moving from Mount Sinai to Mount well, Zion. Did you get that? Now, Mount Sinai represents the people. So you have to understand that Mansana also recorded what? A people. The first people Mansana represent were the children of Israel. So Mansana represent Christians. I don't know if you follow what I'm trying to say. Let me just say it. If you read it from the top, you see Mansana eh? represent the children of Israel in the wilderness. So the first church, if you will. And then when you move down, you come to Zion, we represent, if, if I'm just permit me to use the word, the second church. Is that okay? So we have the first church in the wilderness. We have the second church uh, now on Mount Sinai. And the first church, if you go down to Hebrew chapter 3, you'll be able to see that. The first church actually, which was the first house of God, as it were, was represented by Moses. So the first church, which is Mount Sinai, represents Moses and all of his people put together, if you will. And that's also we call physical Jerusalem. But now you come to Mount Zion which is a different mountain entirely with a different leader. And who is the leader here? Jesus Christ. Amen? So, already have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the heavenly Jerusalem. This is now the city of the living God. Amen? Hallelujah. The heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God with numerous company of, uh, of angels. Praise God. Okay. And then you move on and he says, what's the next thing? To the general assembly and church of the firstborn. Who's the firstborn? Jesus Christ. So the church of Jesus Christ. So what we're dealing with. The church of the firstborn. And to the judge of all. Sorry. Which are written in heaven. And this is very important. I'm going to be dealing with it in part of the studies I'm doing on Facebook. It has to do with the Lamb's Book of Life. You know. You have to understand the implication of genealogy. You know. When he talks about the Book of Life and the Book of the Dead. Jeremiah said, of those who forget the law, they are written on the earth. They are dead. And so to be written in heaven means all those who embrace the Lord. It's so simple. Amen? Those who embrace the Lord are written in heaven, are written in the book of life. Those who forsake the Lord are written in the book of death. So here we find the people written in heaven. And I tried to explain this some time ago. Anytime a child is born... Is given a certificate of birth in that nation. He becomes a citizen. 
So if your name are written in heaven, then you don't have to die to get to heaven. You are only born into heaven. And it is not when you die that you go to heaven. Amen. It is when you are born again that you get into heaven. If you are not in heaven here, you are not likely to go to be in heaven, I'm sorry to say. Because your passport to heaven is your new birth. What describes you as a citizen is your certificate of birth in that country. So if you are in heaven and your name is written in heaven, that means you have the certificate of birth where? In heaven. So you don't have to die to be a heaven citizen. You are a citizen of the heaven because you are born again. Amen? And we are saying those people that are born again are those who are in Mount what? Mount Zion. Hallelujah. So he went down to say unto the judge of all, unto the spirit of judgment made what? Perfect. Praise God. I just want to establish this part tonight so that you can get it. Uh, okay. So here we see that Mount Zion speaks of, I mean, the fact today is concerned. The heavenly Jerusalem, number one, speaks of the city of the living God. Number two, speaks of the church of the firstborn, or the first fruit, if you will, amongst men. Number three, three major things I just want you to see from that perspective. Amen? The heavenly Jerusalem, or my Zion, is equal to what? The heavenly Jerusalem. Mount Zion is the same thing as the heavenly Jerusalem. And like I said before, if you say heavenly Jerusalem, it simply means there is a physical or earthly Jerusalem. The one in the Middle East is earthly Jerusalem. But there's a heavenly Jerusalem. And then number two fact I'll show you there is it is the city of the living God. And it's interesting you understand as we progress that Abraham was looking for a city would builder and maker is God. Now, why was Abraham looking for the city? Because when Abraham was sojourning, then the city had not come yet into existence. Because the city came into existence after the death of Jesus Christ. City speaks of a government. Amen? Yeah, a people, a government. That's what a city stands for. So the government of God, in quotes, which is the city of God, was not in place when Abraham was sojourning. So the Bible says Abraham was looking for a city, would build a maker is God. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay. So again we find that number three factor there is Mount Zion speaks of the church of the firstborn or the first fruit from amongst men. Praise the living God. So, you can agree with me here that the heavenly Jerusalem and Zion is the same thing as the new Jerusalem of God. It is new as compared to the old in the Middle East. Amen? Why do you refer to it as New Jerusalem? Because there's an old Jerusalem. Why do you refer to the present state of that which is called a covenant, new covenant? Because there's an old covenant. So when you see old covenant and you see new covenant, you see old Jerusalem, you see new Jerusalem. It's simple. And all of this thing is not what you find up in the heavens. So if my Zion is the new Jerusalem, we should be able to understand it's right here with us. Not something that is going to be coming up some days to come. Hallelujah. Okay. So what is the new Jerusalem? Let's define that. Go with me to the book of uh, Revelation 21. Look at verse 2 and look at verse 9. 
9 to 11. Okay, take it from verse 1 and 2. That will go to 9 to 11. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first... Are you there with me? And I, John, saw the heavenlies. No, no, no. Verse 1, verse 2. Easy. All right. And I saw a, a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. I've explained it before, right? Remember that. But no more sea, no more more your people. Praise God. So verse number two. Now, you see that verse one there, he's just talking of the two covenants. He's just talking of the two states of the first one. Now, number two. And I just saw the holy city. Listen. New Jerusalem. The heavenly Jerusalem, the same thing as well, the new Jerusalem. Meaning, there is an old Jerusalem. Like I said before. And uh, remember, the new Jerusalem is the same thing as what? Mount Zion. Now the Bible is saying, the holy city, city of the living God now, which is the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, prepares a bride at door for her husband. To come out of heaven doesn't mean it's going to be descended from the sky. Amen? But it's another of saying being betted from the heavenly realm. Praise the Lord. Okay, look at verse uh, 9 to 11. Let's define this. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plague, and talked with me, saying, Come hither. And I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. What do you see in verse number two? Right? I want to show you the bride, the lamb's wife. Okay. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and a high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from who? From God. Praise God. Verse 11. Having the glory of God and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Go back to verse 10. He carried me away in the spirit to a great and a high mountain and showed me that great city. What city? The holy Jerusalem. Amen. Descending out of heaven. Praise the Lord. And this heavenly Jerusalem, the Bible describes in the next verse, verse 11, what did it say there? Having what? The glory of God. And a light was like unto precious stone, even like a jasper stone, class crystal. But I want you to pick here verse 11 and have the glory of God. Arise for the glory of the Lord are risen upon thee. How I many of you remember that? Isaiah 60. The glory of God is Christ. Christ is the express image and the glory of God. Hebrews chapter 1. Verse 3. Isn't it? So, now the church is having the glory of God. The heavenly Jerusalem. So that's what I want you to see. So you're not dying to go to heaven. You're born into heaven. And even now, your name is written... In the book of life, which is heavenly citizenship. Your qualification to heaven is not when you die. Your qualification to heaven or into heaven is when you are born again. 
by the Spirit. Praise God. Are you following? So this city is having the glory of God as her light. As compared to the old Jerusalem. That's what I want you to see. I need to get the emphasis right. Remember we are dealing with the Lamb is standing on Mount Zion. What's one Mount Zion? Is the new Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem, the seat of the living God, the church of the firstborn. That is where the Lord is. The Lord is not going to be standing tomorrow, He's standing right now. Praise God. So it's plain here the heavenly Jerusalem is my Zion and is the bride of Christ, the Lamb's wife. From this passage, you can see that. What we are describing as Mount Zion. It is the same thing as the city of the living God. It is the same thing as the heavenly Jerusalem. It is the same thing as the bride. And what is the bride? The lamb's wife. And of course, you don't expect the husband to be somewhere else from where the wife is. You shouldn't be surprised that he's standing in Mount Zion. You can ask where the wife is. In other words, he's in the midst of the church. Same thing you see in Revelation chapter 1 and chapter 2. When Peter, I mean, John began to say, I turned and I saw he that was speaking to me in the midst of the seven candlesticks. So if he's standing in Mount Zion, what he's trying to say is in the midst of his people. Praise God. He's within and in the midst of his people. So it's not something that's going to happen tomorrow. I'm trying to take away your mind from that thinking that some people which are called 144,000 only will finally find their way up into heaven to reign with Christ. It's the height of spiritual deception and delusion. There's nothing like that in the Bible. Jesus right now is in the midst of his people. Praise the living God. We are the bride of Christ. We are the lamb's wife. And it's in the midst of his people as the husband to the wife. Amen. So here we are talking about a church that is made up of all that have been, I mean, that have ever believed and appropriated their life to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. Every believer constitutes Mount Zion. Amen? Are you there with me? Now, you know the story when we read uh, Ephesians chapter 5, uh, 25 to 32, talk about when the spirit begins to say, Christ at the head of the church, the woman, she submit to the man, the man, she loved the wife. As Christ loved the church. I mean, if you understand that. So the wife of Christ is what? The church. And the church is Mount Zion. Is anybody getting what I'm saying here? Fine. So you don't start thinking about Mount Zion and be thinking of what is happening in the Middle East. Or what is going to come tomorrow? No. That is the church. It's only talking about the church. Jesus Christ is in the midst of the church. That's what he's saying. He's standing right in the midst of the church. Not as a lamb slain anymore. He has risen. He's standing. Praise God. So we're talking about the church. Now, Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Acts 20, 28. Paul speaking to the Athenians says, or Ephesus, take it therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost had made you overseer to feed the church of God 
which has purchased with what? With his own blood. So what did he purchase? The church. What is the church? Heavenly Jerusalem. What is heavenly Jerusalem? City of the living God. What is city of the living God? Man Zion. Simple. Are we together? Praise God. So the new Jerusalem is just not something up in the sky. Somewhere called heaven. No. It's simply a gathering together of God's people through the word of God, which is the church. Amen. For I remember in Matthew 18, verse 20, Jesus said, Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I, where? In their midst. So he's standing among Zion, the midst of the church, the gathering of God's people. Not something that will happen tomorrow. It already happened right from the day of Pentecost. There have been a gathering of God's people. Mount Zion was fully constituted. It's another mountain different from Mount Sinai. That is just so. Praise the Lord. So from this gathering we can see he begins to address his people, the congregation, who are the sons of God. Amen? Let's look at something from Galatians 4 verse 26. Galatians 4. Maybe you take it from 24. Go to 24. Okay, go back a little bit to 22 or 23. For it is written that Abraham had two sons. The one by a bond woman. Help me, Lord. The second by a free woman. But he who was of the bond woman, follow this, was born after the flesh. And that's who? Ishmael. But he of the free woman was born of promise. I want you to understand something today. There's something the Lord ministered to me some time ago. One is born of a free woman of bond, the other one born of promise. Now, if you take time to study, you find that one is earthly, one is spiritual. So whatever is spiritual, that which is spiritual is that which is promised by God. That which is spoken by God. Amen? Let's move down. Which thing are an allegory? For these are the two covenants. The one from the Mount Sinai, which gender to bondage, which is Hagar. And the unfortunate thing is, okay, just move on. For this Hagar is my Sinai, where the laws were given, in Arabia. And as right to Jerusalem, which now is, and is a bonded with her children. But the unfortunate thing is, you still see people struggling to think of going to Jerusalem for anything whatsoever. In fact, they try to see how you can begin to imbibe the culture of the Jews. I said that several here. When men begin to tell you, you must put on a prayer sure before God can answer your prayer, it's nothing but bondage. The Jerusalem in the Middle East is a bondage with our children. All of those things you do, blowing the shofar horn, doing this and that, and you think that, oh, when those things are done, yeah, you are connecting back to the root. Nothing. You are not connecting to any root. The law calls all of those things nothing but what? Bondage. 
Slavery. Because that's what the word bondage actually means. Bondage with our children, media slaves. Hallelujah. Somebody said, Will you want to go to Jerusalem? Why not? For sightseeing, pilgrimage? No. Not pilgrimage like I'm a pilgrim, therefore I have to go to Jerusalem. No. I can travel there for holidays, just, I mean, just like I visit any other nation. Not because God is there. Now, maybe for historical purposes, just to find out what really happened. Not because God is there. As compared to God being here in Nigeria or in the U.S., wherever. God is everywhere. Jesus said that. John 4, the hour is coming where they shall not worship God in Jerusalem, nor on this mountain, but they that worship God more worship Him in spirit and in truth. So wherever a child of God is, and the Spirit of God is, that is where God is. Praise God. I want you to see the emphasis. What's the emphasis? Like we read before the Hebrew chapter 12. You know, the emphasis here is Mount Sinai equal Jerusalem, which now is, which is in the Middle East. And all sorts who are worshipping in that dimension, they are in bondage. You know, it shocks me when you see here ministers preach, talking about the red Haifa, talking about the building of the third temple, thinking about, you know, how the priests will be constituted, how Israel will get back home. God is done with all of those things. He's not repeating himself in any way. There's a new Jerusalem. There's a new city. There's a new bride. Hallelujah. You know, we read that the other time, Hebrews 9. He says, it's not all Israel that are Israel. Huh? Did you read that? Hallelujah. Look at verse 26. But Jerusalem, which is above, hallelujah, is free, which is what? The mother of us all. Hallelujah. You know what happens when a child is to be born? The mother has to be pregnant. Is that okay? Remember when Jesus was to be, was to come in the physical, the Bible says, the power of the Most High shall overshadow thee, Mary, and the holy thing that shall be formed in thee shall be called what? The Son of God. Did you, did you understand that? So, if the heavenly Jerusalem is our mother, this is just a simple thing. The mother has have the word. The Holy Spirit have to come and fertilize the word. It takes the spirit and the word to give birth to you. So as you receive the word, and where are you going to find the word? The church. So you find the church where the word of God is not preached. They are not likely to birth sons of God. Because the word has to be fertilized by the Holy Spirit. The word is a seed. Hallelujah. Are you following? That's why it's referring to Jerusalem as the mother. The mother will carry the seed, the eggs, which is the word, and then the Holy Spirit, which is the sperm of God, will come and fertilize that seed. Are you getting it? And then you're born again. So we find that true church of God is a place where the word of God is taught regularly. And that the Holy Spirit ministering, impermeating the people's life, transforming them, bringing them into union with their own husband, if you will, 
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay. Again, look at 1 Peter 1, 22-23. So understand the difference between the New Jerusalem and the Old Jerusalem. Understand the difference between Mount Sinai and Mount Zion. Remember where he's standing in Revelation 14? He's standing in Mount Zion, the city of the living God. That's where he is. He's not on Mount Sinai. You don't look for Jesus in Mount Sinai. It's not over there. Hallelujah. See, people start talking about donating money to build temple in Jerusalem. It's all waste of resources. Mm -hmm. We read from verse 22 to 23, 1 Peter 1. See, you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit unto faint love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. 23. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by what? By the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Can you get that? Praise God. Did you get that? Okay, come over. Take it from another translation. Maybe amplify. Just this last verse. Amplified translation. You have been regenerated. Hallelujah. Regenerated. Can't talk. You got to understand that. And Jesus used this word in Matthew 19. At the time of the regeneration, when the Son of Man was sitting on his throne, you also shall sit on the tread tri on throne, judging the tread tribe of Israel. At the time of regeneration, what was that? Titus tells us the meaning. The time of regeneration had to do with the time of the Holy Spirit. And that happened on the day of Pentecost. So when I say you have been regenerated, born again, not from a mortal origin, seed or sperm, but from that, from one that is immortal by the ever-living and lasting word of God. Did you get it? Is it simple? Praise the Lord. So if you don't have the word fertilized by the Holy Spirit, you are not born again. You can't be born again. Are you there with me? Why am I reading this? Because Galatians 4 is saying that Jerusalem, which now is, is a mother of all so. I mean, from above, is our mother. And every mother has to have the seed to be fertilized by the sperm of the father. Amen? Praise God. So I'm saying emphatically, if you don't have the word, if you don't receive the word, there is nothing that the Holy Spirit can work on in your life to bring you to a place of true identity and realization of your new birth. It's difficult for the Holy Spirit to do that. As much as I believe in miracles, signs, and wonders, I cannot assure you what gives birth to people is not the miracles, it's the word of God, fed the light by the Holy Spirit. You can receive all the miracles and not be a true child of God. Amen. Okay. So now, let's quickly look at something again. Um, amplify now. John chapter 3, 6 and 7. Remember, we're dealing with the issue of Mount Zion. John 3, 6 and 7. Let's look at it from Amplified Translation. What is born 
of from the flesh is flesh. Of the physical is physical. And what is born of the spirit is spirit. The next verse. Marvel not. Do not be surprised. Astonish. At my telling you. You must all be born anew from above. Amen. How are you going to be born from above? From the new church. Remember. When Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus. Then the Holy Spirit had not been given. You remember that? Hey, are you with me? And Nicodemus was a teacher, a rabbi of the law. So why was Because you see, we often use this to talk to people who are not in the church to be born again. Why was Jesus speaking to a believer, in quotes? He was a Jewish rabbi. It may surprise you that Jesus never used this word for anybody like the Gentiles. No. He spoke this to a believer, in quotes, a rabbi, a Jewish man. You must be born again. Why? Hallelujah. For those of, those of us who want us to believe in Judaism, why would Jesus be telling a rabbi to be born again? He simply means Judaism, you are not born again. Amen? So here is it. He was only telling him, listen, Nicodemus, I know you are a rabbi. I know how much you are strong in the law. But listen to me. If you want to become what God really wants you to be, come join me. Forsake this camp. Don't pretend because you come only in the night. You are exalted and known as a rabbi. Right? You need to get out of that camp and come to me. Accept my teachings. Accept my word. And then you receive the spirit that makes people to be born into this kingdom that I'm presenting. Did you understand that? Now, remember, he represents the church. He represents the kingdom. So he was telling Nicodemus, forsake Judaism, become a Christian. Though then Christianity are not coming into place. Is that okay? Praise the Lord. Good. So I needed to get this. And it's important. So you find that the church is from above. Not in terms of geographical location. But because it is bettered in the spirit which is above the natural. Now if I look at this word, did you see it there? You must all be born again. What is he referring to? He was talking to one man. Who are they all? No, you see, when you read the Bible sometimes, do you even think? When somewhere jump out, do you pause for a while and begin to imagine what is the all? <laughs> Hallelujah. You must all, he's talking to one man, say you must all be born again. Two ways you can see that, or two things you can see that. You must all, Judaism, must be born again. Number two, all of you, spirit, soul, and body, must be born again. You must all be born again. It's just like he spoke to the leper and said, be made whole. He got healing, but he said, be made whole. Are you going to be made whole? Spirit, soul, and body. You must all. So all of you must be born again. Your spirit, your soul, and your body must be born again. You find that in First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. 
When this Bible say, the Lord shall preserve you, spirit, soul, and body, blameless. That's your all. So that's what I was telling Nicodemus. You need to be born, all of you need to be born again. Spirit, soul, and body. And all of you, Judaism, must come out of Judaism. Praise God. Are we still here? So that's the point. That we are born from above doesn't mean the church must be located up in the sky. That's not what he's saying. It doesn't mean the church have to go up into the sky. That's not what he's saying. Hallelujah. But we are giving battle from a higher dimension of the spirit. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so we can ascend into the presence of God in our spirit. Staying with him among Zion. Now remember my Zion is a higher dimension than the earthly dimension. The earthly dimension is Jerusalem. From Jesus being among Zion and Jerusalem. I told you last week, he came to pick concubines from Jerusalem and took them up to where? The among Zion. So there's a progressive movement from the natural to the spiritual dimension. That's what it means. We are being born from above. Hallelujah. It's just like I mean, David giving bed to sons and daughters where? Among Zion. When he picks them from Jerusalem, take them up to Mount Zion. That's what he's saying here. But also be born again from above. That simply means we are being born from a higher dimension as compared to Judaism and natural laws and ways of doing things. We are ascending every day into a higher dimension of life in God. Praise the Lord. So Mount Zion simply the living church. The interbody church of Christ, a higher realm in the spirit of God with Christ in control. That is just what my Zion stands for. Hallelujah. I'm just trying to give you a simple definition and so that you can pick it from there. Oh, praise the Lord. Okay. Again, I mentioned that last week. David was up in my Zion, picked people, took them up there, gave back to them, gave back to sons and daughters under my Zion. Again, let's take a look, a look at that just a little bit um, in what we're trying to explain. So, 2 Samuel 5, 9 to 13. You want to mean to be born in Zion? Hallelujah. So David dwelt on the forts and called it the city of David. Remember, he took it from the Jebusites. And David built round about from Milo and Ilward. And David went on and great and the Lord God of hosts was with him. And Aaron king of Tyre sent messengers to David and cedar trees and carpenters and mansions and they built David a house. And David took him more concubines and wives out of Jerusalem after he was come from Hebron. And there went with him I mean, yet sons and daughters born unto who? Unto David. Where did they give back them to? Amen Zion. He took them from Jerusalem. Man Zion is higher than Jerusalem. So Man Zion is a higher dimension of life in God. And Jesus is picking us from below and taking us to join up with him in a higher realm. That's what it means to be born from above. Born from a higher dimension of life of existence. Praise God. So, 
There's a just a typical example there that you can see. Hallelujah. Zion is above Jerusalem. The rest of the 12 tribe, like I mentioned before, were down below in a position. As the law was from the position of the king, what happened is up in Jerusalem, I mean, down Jerusalem, you have the priesthood, every other person, but up on Mount Sinai is where the king is. And the laws were not made by the priest, they were made by the king. They're together. So David and his sons and daughters were in the realm of kingship. And they were making the laws that were being used down below in where? In Jerusalem. By implication, your life dictates your flesh. Your life dictates what is below. Your life dictates whatever thing is not of the spirit dimension. Because you are a king. So Revelation 5.10 will tell you, by his blood we have made priests and kings. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Okay. Again, look at Revelation 22 verse 16. And he said, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bride and morning star. That's how I will talk to people. When they say morning star, speak of the devil, speak of Lucifer. They have no understanding. If he say morning star, Revelation, I mean, Isaiah 14, verse 14, Right? They call Lucifer the bright morning, I mean the morning star. Say, morning star means the devil. What did Jesus say here? Keep it up there, brother. What is he saying? I am the bright morning star. Are you not saying Jesus is the devil? The other one's morning star is bright morning star. The other star, one is bright, one is not bright. So, if morning star means the devil, you say Jesus is the devil. Is that what you mean? Ignorance. Morning star means the breaking of a new day, a new season. You see, there is a star that comes up early in the morning around 4 a.m. to 5 a.m. I remember in the village, my mom would go out to watch for the star. And when I saw this up, that she would go, it's almost dawning. So what is that? I said, the star is up. The star we call bright morning star. It breaks the new day from darkness to light. You understand that? So morning star speaks up. That was Nebuchadnezzar. As a matter of fact, God used them to teach Israel lessons. Jesus is saying, I'm the bright morning star because they say morning star, but this is a bright morning star which means rulership, which means authority, which means dominion. Hallelujah. <laughs> I am the bright morning star, the descendant of David. And I have to see it on this throne. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 8. 2 Timothy 2, verse number 8. Remember that Jesus Christ, of the seed of David, was raised from the dead, according to my gospel. The seed of David. Is that okay? Are we together? All right. So, let's look at a very interesting passage here. Acts chapter 2, verse 20, 29 to 34. Very interesting passage about this. Remember, David was a man's Zion. So, Jesus, who is not a seed of David, in quote, have to be in Mount Zion. Because the place of kings. Hallelujah. 
Come on, are you with me? Mount Zion is a place for kings. David was a king. He occupied Mount Zion with his children. And Jesus Christ now in the New Covenant, in the New Testament, how to be Mount Zion with her children or with his children. It's a place for rulership, place for dominion. You don't expect Jesus to be outside of Mount Zion. No. Because that's where his father was. In quotes. He being a descendant of who? Of David. Where was he supposed to occupy? Mount Zion. Hallelujah. Are you following it? Look at this. Very interesting. Peter was speaking on the day of Pentecost. And he said, I've not started reading. Verse 29, please. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David that is both dead and buried, and his sepulchre is with us until this day. Verse 30. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he will raise up Christ to sit on his throne. Did you get that? Where was the throne of David? Man Zion. So where do you expect Jesus to be? Man Zion. Keep this place. Go with me to 2 Samuel chapter 7 verse uh, 12. Let me see if that's what I'm on. Quickly. 2 Samuel 7 12. Hallelujah. Look out the promise. This is what Peter was referring to. And when that days were fulfilled, thou shalt sleep with thy fathers. I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of the boils, and I will establish what? His kingdom. Did you get that? Now, this is what Peter was referring to now in Acts chapter 2. So go back to Acts chapter 2. Look at verse 30. Hallelujah. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God has sworn with an oath. When did he do that? Second Samuel 7, 12. Did you see the connection? Good. That of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he will raise up Christ to sit where? On his throne. Again, where is the throne of Jesus? I mean, of David? Man Zion. Where will the throne of his son be? Man Zion. So where do you find him standing? Man Zion. Is it making sense to you? Go on now. He is saying, therefore, spake of what? The resurrection of Christ. Hallelujah. That his soul was not left in hell, now that he fled this corruption. Verse 32. This Jesus had God raised up, wherefore we are all what? Witnesses. Hallelujah. Therefore, be by the right hand of God exalted, and have you received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost? He has shed forth this which you now see and hear. Now, get the point right. The emphasis I would like you to get there. Go back to verse 32. Verse 32. No, go to 33 now. 32, 33. No, no, no. Go back to 32. Okay, 31, 32. I think that's what, what we need properly. He is saying this before speak of the resurrection. See, I want you to connect 30, 31 to 30 in terms of sitting on the throne. Look at it. Look at 30. Go back to 30. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him 
that of the fruit of his loin, according to the flag, he will raise up Christ to sit where? On his throne. I want you to get that. Okay, go down to verse 31. He seeing this, therefore, speak what? Of the resurrection of Christ. No, what do you think you're saying there? The sitting of the throne is the resurrection of Christ. So when he cries about the seat, when he rose, not when he's coming again, like people preach. Is it making sense to you? David saw that, yes, my seat is going to sit on my throne. And he said he was speaking of the resurrection of who? Of Christ. And that took place three days after death. 2,000 years plus ago, this took place. But yet the church is here expecting Jesus to come and sit on a physical throne. David is saying here that by the Holy Spirit, Jesus is sitting where? On the throne after he rose from the grave. That's why he sat down at the right hand of God. Hallelujah. Are we still here? Now where was, where was, where was David? David was on Mount Zion, so... Where would Jesus be sitting on the throne of David? Mount Zion. Hallelujah. Are you okay with me here? And he fled, there is a corruption. I don't want to say that because that will turn the fate of many, if you will, and cause you to start thinking. But if I may say something. I've got a lot of people start believing. You don't believe in the communion and all of those things. You see, you can use the wine you are using and call it Holy Communion and refer to it as the blood of Jesus. Huh? The Bible says, oh glory, he was not going to be left in hell, neither will he so seek corruption. Every wine you are drinking has gone through fermentation. That means it has gone through corruption. So how is that the blood of Jesus? How is that the blood of Jesus? Hallelujah. This is my blood, this is my wine. And I'm not against, I'm not against that. People refer to it as part of the ordinances of the church. Okay, praise God. But please don't tell me that the wine you are using is the blood of Jesus. You are assuming that. You say, but it can have effect. Yes, I have no problem. You can have effect. You can take sand, it can have effect. You can take a biscuit. You can have it. After all, we are people giving oranges to people. And uh, I think, no, what again? One of these prophets gives uh, apple. Eh? They give apple to people. They got it fed. Some people give, uh, what do you call it? Tom-tom. Uh, huh? It have effect. Anything can have effect. But don't tell me that because they have effect, therefore, it's the blood of Jesus. No. The blood did not see corruption. Therefore, the wine you are using can never be the blood of Jesus because that one is also corrupted. It's gone through fermentation. Do, do you follow what I'm saying? Come on. Are you here with me? No, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not against you. But we can drink it. I don't have any problem. We'll put it together. We drink. For me, it's just fellowship. Nothing special about that. But don't tell me it's the blood of Jesus. No. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, for us to round up. But are you saying where Jesus is? Where is he? Man Zion. Why? Because his father, in quote, David was where? In Man Zion. What Man Zion? An elevated position, a dimension of the church from heaven. 
as compared to the church on the earth, which is Jerusalem. It's a comparison of two cities. Hallelujah. So he spread the mass of corruption. Did you read up to verse 34 just now? Just read on the next thing again. 32. Hallelujah. This Jesus had God raised up, wherefore we are all witnesses. Verse 33. And he says, Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which you now see and what and hear. Verse 34. And he says, For David is not ascended into the heavens, but said himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit down where? On my right hand. Praise God. And we see here. So understand that Christ is the Spirit. And it's important. Remember we're reading at verse 32. Look, I'm sorry. Go to verse 36. I'll show you something. Verse 36 now. Therefore let all the house of Israel know. Assuredly. That God had made. Her glory. That same Jesus. Whom you crucify. Both Lord. And Christ. Now the first time I read this thing years back, I have to mark it again and again and again. God has made that Jesus whom you crucify both Lord and Christ. Oh glory. You are expecting a physical Jesus? I have no problem. But let the testimony of scripture stand. The one you are expecting have been made both Lord and Christ. Oh, glory. The one you crucify have taken another turn. Now watch this. If you have water, H2O, you put it in a container, you begin to boil it. What will happen to the water? It begins to evaporate. When he evaporates, it becomes gas or gaseous state. If you allow that water to cool again, and you take it and go into a deep freezer, it congeals and becomes block. Are you there with me? So the H2O can be ice block or water, liquid state, or gaseous state. Is the H2O, but it's not in the same condition. The physical Jesus has been made both Lord and Christ. You have to understand. Okay, take this with me. Second Corinthians 3, verse number 17. Hallelujah. Look at this. Now, the Lord is that spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is there is what liberty how many of you notice that is capital letter did you get that God had made that same Jesus whom you crucify both Lord and Christ and the Lord is that spirit what do you mean that spirit the spirit that came on the day of Pentecost so who came Jesus it's so plain in scriptures did you see that 
So glory. I wish you can catch this. For we are within him in Zion. In spirit form. He's within us. Christ in you. The hope of glory. He's sitting at the right hand of God. Means he's in place of dominion and power. Where do you expect him to exhibit that? Mount Zion. The city of the living God. As David was. For the Jews they can easily understand this. If they want to open their eyes to see. Because they understood who David was. They knew who David was and where he was. And having all of his children as a king. He was not living in Jerusalem. He was living in Mount Zion. Hallelujah. And the scripture tells us that God promised Jesus as to like a seed unto David. Again, Romans chapter 1, look at 3 and 4 very quickly. Let me establish this fight and we'll close tonight. Concerning his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, are you following this? Verse 4. And declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of what? Of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. According to the flesh, he was the son of David. That means he was the son of a king. Oh, glory. He said, I'm the offspring of the root of David. Revelation 22. Where was David saying? Man Zion. Who were with him on Man Zion? The wives and the children. Where are we supposed to be today? Jesus being our king. Iman Zion. Who are we? His children. Oh glory. Is anybody following what I'm saying here? And that same Jesus. Whom you crucified. Have been made both Lord and Christ. And Jesus Christ. Look at what he's saying there. In that second Corinthians 3. It's so powerful. The Lord is that spirit. That spirit that came on the day of Pentecost. So when Pentecost came in, that was Jesus coming from a physical dimension into a spiritual dimension. From a solid state of a human being into a spiritual dimension that he cannot move in people's life. Hallelujah. If you leave him as Jesus of Nazareth the way he used to be, then everybody must go to Jerusalem to get the miracles. The fact that you can get a miracle today without going to Jerusalem means that Jesus Christ has been made both Lord and Christ. So that anywhere in the world, he can show forth himself, he can manifest his presence, he can manifest his glory. You don't need to go to Jerusalem to get him. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Finally, Luke chapter 17. Let me see if that's what I want. Verse 21. Just try with me. Whew. Go up a little bit. Verse 20. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered and said unto them, The kingdom of God come not with what? Observations. It's not something you see. Hallelujah. How does the kingdom come? Now remember, you cannot have the kingdom without a king. And the king will only be in Mount Zion. Not in Jerusalem. Are you there with me? Look at the next thing. Neither shall they say, Lo, here or lo, there. For behold, the kingdom of God is what? 
is within you. He does say here, okay, look at the next thing. And he said unto the disciples, the death will come when he shall say, shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and he shall not see it. Praise the living God. Hallelujah. What am I trying to make you see from there? When he said, when they shall say, lo here or lo there, by implication, go there. Take it from another translation, if you can. Go back a little bit. Verse 21, take it from Amplified Translation. Hallelujah. Now that we people say, look here, it is, or see, it is here, for behold, kingdom of God is within your hearts and among you, surrounding you. In your heart, surrounding you. Why? Because it's spiritual. Hallelujah. So when he said, no, there or hold there, in other words, don't tell anybody to tell you go to Jerusalem because Jesus is there or the kingdom is going to be established in Jerusalem. No. The king is always wherever the kingdom is. And the kingdom is always wherever the king is. And what did he say where the king is? He's in your heart all around you. For he that is in Christ is a new creature. How many of you understand that? Hallelujah. So friend, what am I trying to establish tonight? Mount Zion is the city of the living God and it's a higher dimension in the spirit realm is the kingdom of God is a place where the spirit of just men are made perfect is the bride of Christ that's what I mean and Jesus is among them as the bridegroom and we all have a fellowship together and right now that Jesus that was crucified is no longer a physical man that's why you don't expect 144 physical people to be with him up there in heaven because a spiritual person that same Jesus whom he crucified have been made both Lord and Christ hallelujah and right now as the seed of David he represents in dimension of his resurrection he's sitting on the throne of his father where was his father sitting among Zion who were with him the children hallelujah they were daughters and kings of the son of the king up in the Mount Zion, different from Jerusalem. That is where you are. We are supposed to ascend and descend from Mount Zion to do ministry and go up to Mount Zion. That is our life. It's a new life, people. It's not what is going to happen tomorrow. And it's not meant for a few people. It's meant for everyone that is born of the Spirit of God. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.